The Red 78. Once we were back, we were back for a period That was of when the televisions were in black and white, Quinn. Yeah, that's but right, was, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big buttons and no remote. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Just a slight tangent on, on that. <laughs> this, was a, this is far too much of a tangent. Just a brief interruption. Can I also say one more thing on this? Okay. But uh, we also need to impose some rules. Like, we can't just have 20 minute tangents over a text. Come on. This is refusal to consider the circumstances. I'm not going to entertain that, Joe. This conversation is not a good one, I think. Do we argue much? No. We keep them inside. They're fester. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought this was a ridiculous text until I read the top three, and then I thought, I you know on. what? Oh, yeah. I'd actually debate that with you. <laughs> it is an interesting... Sorry, it's not an interesting question, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's make that clear. <laughs> I love the sound of a snooker referee counting up the score. Uh, welcome along. Slight tangent. We're excited to be here on this Tuesday evening. Somebody was in touch last week to wonder would we interrupt Ireland Armenia coverage to yeah. bring a slight tangent to proceedings. We didn't. True story. You hang on to all. <laughs> <laughs> a third for Ireland, we might have. Nick McCarthy's here. Arthur O'Dea is here. Willow Callan is here. We are up and running. This is, in effect, uh, the hour given over to whatever we want to chew the fat about. Do get in touch. 53106. We're very much here in live. Or you can email us, which is very exciting. Slight tangent, a slight tangent at offtheball.com. That's it, Joe. Yeah, I wasn't I sure think. if it was just slight tangent. <laughs> a slight tangent. He's obviously checking emails. A slight tangent at offtheball.com. We had emails. We had emails. So, for instance, we had one which started, I am sick, sick, sick listening to you guys nail down City for the league. Why, why, why? Arsenal have been top since day one. They're playing amazing football and you haven't even acknowledged they might be title contenders. Regards, Gunnar Jerry and Westmead. <laughs> Gunnar Jerry. <laughs> the politeness upswung there as that email went on. Now, I mean, no matter, no, matter, no matter how crabby the email is, I'm going to say, I'm going to regards. <laughs> like, does Gunnar Jerry really believe that Arsenal are going to win the league? No. It's where I would start with he that. He knows. He knows. He's seen this before. If anyone tuned in and heard us talking about Arsenal chances, the <laughs> they'd switch off. <laughs> More than Gunnar Jerry emailing us. Uh, Jerry, the reason... Arsenal have been great and they've been... Do you know what they've been, Joe? A breath of fresh air <laughs> in the Premier League this year. But they're not going to win the league. Jerry, the reason we haven't acknowledged that they might be contenders is we don't think they are. Yeah. The short version. If, when you're, if you're literally asking why haven't you, that's, yeah. that's the truth, I think. Possible second place run if they keep it up. Another email... Another email. I'll get to the Kipchoge one in a second. But for instance, uh, somebody had said, heard Andy Mitten talking to you last night about United fans leaving the Etihad at halftime. And then in quotation marks writes, bunch of pathetic babies. <laughs> Discuss. Thanks, Tom. That's nonsense. Why should you just censor through that? Yeah, support your team. Ah, they don't need the support. They're grand. You, you know, like, I, they, they, they <laughs> they desperately there, need support. The thought they were beating the traffic. Ah, uh, no. You get something back. You got to leverage something back for yourself after that. Is there not something, though, like, are you that tribal that you can't think to yourself, OK, this is bad and United are terrible and we're going nowhere, but she's this Haaland guy. He's pretty no, special. Nah, no, no. This is a generational talent. I might oh. just stay here and watch this guy score no. eight. Not for the away fan. No, the not, Be not, there the day not as eight. a fan. Not as a fan. <laughs> when, you're, when you're there as a fan what's happening to the, with the other team or any kind of like there is moments right there's moments where you'll do that sort of like I stood up in the plot but you just don't care 
about what's happening on their team because you're just living and dying by your team. Like, I don't know, I'm just thinking of the All-Ireland semi-final this year, I was there. It was like, anything Kilkenny did, there was lots of me thinking on Wednesday, Thursday, the following week, like, Jesus, it was great to see TJ Reid put in that kind of performance. I might not see that again in person. Mm. But at the time, I couldn't, like, absolutely not. There's right. nothing in the... that in, early? What? Did you leave that early out of interest? Half time. Well, no, we didn't leave early and I can't remember exactly why, but I remember specifically there was I, I, I mentioned before that there's a, a Killaloo guy on the on the Clare team who that and oh, hasn't okay, been in a long okay. time and we were we were happened to be sitting very, very close to the tunnel, so there was just a sort of an element of just sort of wanting to say well done to him on the way out. <laughs> but I've never seen anybody as dejected or sad looking as Shane O'Donnell as the players were coming in to kind of walk into the tunnel I've just I, I'll, that'll stick with me as long as I live and it's funny because all the anger you might have anger is the wrong word but all the sort of disappointment you have as a, a person that turns up to the match to watch it and you're thinking oh god so and so didn't play well and then you see what they're actually going through and you're like yeah they care about this way more than I do mm-hmm. so I don't really have any Anyway, I've gone that. That's I've gone completely off topic there. Sorry, but, tangent. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I think leaving early is is worthy of discussion. But I think the idea that you'd stay there to watch the opposition is nonsense. I'm not saying stay to watch Gabriel Jesus put a number on you. This was Erling Haaland, almost really announcing himself in a big way. Like this is supernatural. That's the last thing you know your fans want to see. Are you that tribal and pathetic? Well, he's playing for Van City for the next 10 years and going to be like winning them 10 leagues in a row. This is a disaster if you're a United fan. When I say pathetic, that you can't appreciate the brilliance. No, not like the way. But the way fans there will be, I'd say by and large, be interested in all the number, but I'd say by and large, probably Manchester locals are probably to a degree. Is that still the case, I guess? Yeah, for a season fans, ticket holder, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, so they're probably a, like they're not going to hang around. Like they're not, and as they're kind of saying on so Monday night football, they can go watch Man City anytime they want. Ah, <laughs> would you leave at half time? Well, no, you, no, see, if, I was there, if I was there, and it's like, well, where am I going? Yeah. But if I was a local, and it's like it's game over for yeah, maybe not half time. But what about the arguments you're? So if you're that, if you're on the one hand, you can't have it both ways, right? So on the one hand, you're this. I'm, I'm, I'm it pains me too much to watch Erling Haaland because I love Manchester United too much. Yeah. But I won't stay and support them when they're having a bad game. Like, which a, is it? It's not about supporting them. What are you going to do? Like, Cheer them on. It's over. They nearly came back into it. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the nice rewriting of history I've ever heard. <laughs> Beaten by the clock. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Will. I thought you probably want to come in on Joe's trolling here, but I, 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 I need to right now first because that's the part that gets me is the, um, the support your team because there's lots of ways to support a team. Like, the teams get booed and, you know, the fans will say, oh, you should never boo your team there's a lot of football I think it's mainly football but I think no GA is bad for it as well there's a lot of sport fans who tell you how to be a fan and it's like you have to do it the way that I've been taught how to do it and I've done it all my life or else you're not a real fan Mm -hmm. and I think one of those things is leaving early because sometimes leaving early is a statement in itself and I thought those, those fans leaving at half time, I think that there's, there's a protest to that. There is a, I'm not sitting around here to watch my team be absolutely hammered by our local rivals because they're not putting enough effort in or because they're not coached well or whatever the, yeah. you know, the story du jour is with, with Man United fans and what they think is wrong with their team. You know, I, I, I think it's an acceptable thing to do, I have to say, if it's done for something other than like leaving for... Traffic, <laughs> you know. I don't know. Although, although traffic, traffic is pretty bad. It's pretty even a match. It could be hours. 
Arthur hasn't stayed for a full match in about 15 years. <laughs> no, we'll stay for a full match and I, I just want to put it on the record just in case. I'm not sure if they're mutually exclusive. But I saw him at the final. I can't stand Boone. You can't stand Booing. 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 I think Boone's unacceptable at any level ever. Opposition or your own team? Anything. It's the most pathetic thing I've ever seen among fans. It is the worst. It's just, it's such the sign of just a moron. It's like Boone. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? It's the, I, that's the one thing. Just in case, I was, I'm afraid if they're going to be balanced up together as two things that are kind of... I was one. just saying they're two things that people decide you're not allowed to um, do. But that's one that on the record. It's a bit different to booing somebody in the street, isn't it? Like, it's, it's part of the lexicon of a football stadium. Booing, like... Yeah. It's such a... Words have failed me. I can't express myself now, any other on. way. So, you're at the All-Ireland Final last year and, I don't know, uh, Kyle Hayes is running through yeah. and he's, he's taken... His head is taken off by... Uh, Richie Reid, right? Yeah. Five minutes later, Richie Reid gets the ball. The Limerick fans are going to boo him. That's I'm, all part and parcel. I'm not saying they. There's nothing wrong. I'm with not that. saying booing doesn't happen. No, I know, I'm but I'm saying, saying to you, I, I wasn't suggesting. I was giving. I wasn't giving a scenario <laughs> in which booing would happen. I was saying a scenario in which booing would be acceptable as part of, as Joe says, the theatre of the occasion. Yeah, booing just right. They're in a gladiators uh, arena, and I do have to say. I'm sort of with them more than against them on this. I really don't like it either. Why is sports so harmless. toxic in a stadium? Yeah, I no, I do. I do think it can go over it the top. Uh, it can go over the top toxic. But I don't know. like football stadiums are a disgrace more often than not. Yeah. And your fathers like egging on sons and. Hold on. Do we not complain about football stadiums becoming too sanitised now, and that we don't have atmospheres at games? And if you wanted to get a legitimate advantage as a home team, for example, you would boo and whistle the opposition to try and put them off their game. It's not the whole point of being a football fan is to go and try and give your team that slight edge. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's why it happens, I suppose, yeah. And like the flip side to people walking out, I was just saying this before Mick came in, I do find it remarkably entertaining when it goes wrong on fans. Like take Real Madrid last year when it looked like they were beaten by Man City. Quite a few of their fans left with a few minutes to go in that semi-final. They get two late goals and the fans had to watch it on their phones outside because they couldn't get back into but, the stadium. So if you're if you're and at a... Miami Heat fans as well. Do you remember that in the, yeah. in the finals? George Best famously in 99. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Miami Heat, they're like they all on interview in local, uh, local uh, TV and they're like, you know, it's not our year, man. And all this. And next thing they get, like their famous Ray Allen tree wins of the title. Like, you know, and, and ne- everyone's trying to, yeah. it goes to overtime. And everybody's trying to desperately get back into the arena and they're just, doors are closed, lads. Like I'm not pearl clutching at it. I'm not horrified by it. But I, I find if I'm at sporting events and there's, you're near a bunch who are abusive, booing all the time, just like toxic, negative. Ugh. Do you not? The abuse think, is something else, Joe. Do you you're, you're adding something huh? from there. Like abuse is slightly different to booing or. Whistling all right, we'll go or, with abuse then. I mean, I'd, I'd say if you're booing, you're abusing. I think it's. Yeah. I don't think anyone's like, well, I'll boo, but I wouldn't dream <laughs> say anything. You know, I wouldn't go beyond that. I think it's similar ballparkish. No, I don't know. Lads. Do you not find that toxicity in sporting grounds? We're just so hardened to it. We're just so accepting of it because it's always been around. But when you stop and think about it, it's really grim. But like, I suppose it is what it is, though. Like, it is its own thing. Now. Like, I mean, I do think you have to draw a line. And I think that line is ever-changing, and probably rightly so. But I think, I think trying to take too much out of it 
for like some of the harmless stuff, like booing a player who used to play for your team mm. and has moved on or left in, a, in bad circumstances. It's all fine. Like, I mean, everything doesn't have to be the most mature thing in the world ever. <laughs> it doesn't have to be maturity, but <laughs> booing, like, what are you hoping to achieve? Because you go to a, it is, it is a, to go to a sporting event is a release from real life in certain well, ways. That, like, the fact that, that I care yeah. about a load of lads in one colour jerseys versus a load of lads in another colour jerseys, none of which I've ever met. Like is a bit stupid. Yeah, no, I but it really matters, right? But it really matters as a kind of an escape, as a kind of a, and, and part of that is a bit of theatre. And it's like, in some ways, it's like they're not real people in terms of like booing for you know silly reasons. For so something, it, something becomes real. Yeah, something becomes about their identity, or something becomes about you know something real in their lives, or something you, like that. You, That's abuse. That's different. I think you, booing as part of as an opposition player is fine. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I don't expect everyone to agree. I, like, I just find it a bit, ugh, yeah, Grant, yeah, not You're for mature. Me. <laughs> I'm not saying that either. Uh, and I'd also like to distance, my, distance myself from Arthur saying they're morons and pathetic. <laughs> That's fine. Climb down, from the, climb down from the ivory tower. <laughs> no, no, his words. But like you would find, Mick, I'm sure, if you were at a local GA match or club match or will you're, you know, a fellow goes to local GA matches, when there's like that group of 20 or 30 that are every referee's decision, every mistake, it just doesn't matter. It's probably, to your point, make a bit of a release. Do you not find that element sours the whole atmosphere of a club GA match? Uh, it depends, As right? opposed to a Premier League game. You maybe. can get stuck behind or beside a bunch of assholes who are just incredibly annoying because, in many cases, they're wrong. Like, I remember ooh, Champions Cup final a few years ago. Remember Saracens played against Leinster in Newcastle? Yeah. And I was working the game as opposed to being there as a supporter of either team. But I ended up, bizarrely, they basically what they had to do that day was the press were effectively in the stand with the supporters as it worked out. So I was sitting right in front of a bunch of Saracens fans and they were calling for penalties continually and were wrong about the vast majority of decisions. Yeah. That for me is far more annoying than somebody trying to get on the referee or a team's back and I'm just beside them in a group. I think it's, for me, I think it's part of the occasion it's part of sport and it's something I definitely wouldn't want to lose. But yeah, it's really annoying if someone is shouting personal abuse or something that's incorrect. Like, I hate when someone shouts at the referee when they're wrong about what they're shouting at the referee, for example. Mm. Maybe without it, you would miss it, Arthur. I don't think so. Not Boone. Boone just gets me. I can't stand it. But, and look, yeah, there's a kind of that serious aspect. I still think feel that same sort of crowd dynamic of just everyone buying into the one thing inevitably leads to nasty I'm not saying you cut things off and that's it but like that same people that will boo as a collective will do worse things as a collective because it's the collective doing it yeah and I just think that like that's not the conversation we're having but I just inevitably that's why I still think at the root of it Boone's just I don't I think just think it's it doesn't it doesn't do anything it's just it's not it's not funny or it's not smart or it's not I, I just wonder what the so I, I'm just trying to and this isn't I'm not necessarily um putting down what you're saying this isn't meant to be this this isn't meant to be like dismissive but I, what do you do at a game and I'm what not saying do? that you should boo but I'm saying like do you shout do you, do you shout what at you players shout? to you... try hard do you try no. to do you have to jeez you have to get to that ball like you know all these things that come out of your mouth are ultimately nonsense Frustrations. they contribute yeah. they contribute to 80,000 people making noise because otherwise what are they doing you know that is ultimately what course, the noise of a stadium is that's not what we're talking about though well, 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 sure sure I'm just when, saying but that's all nonsense as well Man United jog out of the tunnel at the Etihad on Sunday and everyone boos you wouldn't you're not a fan of that no like, as opposed to the, the theatre argument like I do sort of get what the lads are saying we can't just have silent stadiums it doesn't either. have to be so you can cheer but you can't cheer Man United you cheer the opposition, out. Though? But what, 
But the teams come out at the same time. Forget those no, no, they, they, they come out separately for their warm-ups. When I was chatting to Nathan pre-match, you could hear the boos of Man United have obviously walked out onto the pitch for yeah. their warm-up. I mean, I just presume that's always just children. Adult children. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It's that old cliche of, as you said, Mick, it's the release of Monday to Friday, life is a grind, here's 90 <laughs> minutes to unleash yeah. a little bit. There is another side of it, though, where it is the wanting to be seen and wanting to sound like you're making a difference. And I think that that element of it is borderline childish, I would say. And I, I, I don't speak it against myself here, but you know the type I'm talking about that wants to be the guy who gets in the face of the player who hears him. Yeah. You know, like I want to be I want to be the one that gets close enough that you heard what I said there. Yeah. You know, and I think that that is that that. It's a bit of self-importance, I think. Yeah. Or we all know that one funny guy in the crowd who tries to shout the one thing that's half laughed at the first time, and then he tries to do it three yeah, or four times. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah. Like, just shut up. Yeah. They're annoying. Yeah. I, want, I want them gone. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll get through loads more in uh, just one second. We're back with a slight tangent. Anything you want us to talk about? We have a few more bits and bobs to get through. Five three one zero six. Now then, you're welcome back. Trent Alexander-Arnold has scored for Liverpool. 1-0 up against Rangers. 25 minutes gone. Still can't defend, of course, Mick. <laughs> no, score a good free kick every now and then, though. Don't be putting me into the anti-Trent brigade here, Joe. Come on now. So, we were talking there about uh, fan culture. We might park that, because that applies to referees. We, had, we, had, we were going to talk referees, but we'll run out of time. I want to get to some other things. For instance... Eliud Kipchoge won the Lar- London Marathon at the weekend and this happens every time there's a marathon and something uh, brilliant happens but it, it never fails to shock you when you're reminded of the numbers. So Nick Harris uh, tweeted if you want to recreate Eliud Kipchoge's London Marathon win at your gym tomorrow get on the treadmill and if your treadmill speed is in kilometres per hour set it to 20.6 and then run for the next 2 hours 2 minutes and 38 seconds or if it's in miles put it to 13.1 Two hours, two minutes, 38 seconds. And every time you see that, if you're running a treadmill at all, it just seems impossible. That's brutal. You're flying off into the wall. Like. <laughs> I reckon I could do it for a minute. That's not what you said earlier. I said two minutes earlier. Hold <laughs> on, well, I heard 20 minutes at some stage in the preview. No, no, no. I oh, know, he's saying 20 minutes at 11, I think. I was saying what I actually ran for 20 minutes, 25 well, you're minutes. you're saying 20 minutes at 11. And they're saying that's 13. Unless you're 11 kilometres, you're not going 11 miles. No, kilometres. Okay, okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's not right. I think that's about six or seven miles. Yeah, there. Yeah, five there. Eights, sorry. But 20.6 in kilometres. I think most machines are in kilometres. So you're talking 20.6. I think your, your average person could do that for 30 seconds, minutes. That's brutal, yeah. Pete, you're saying no? Longer or less? Less. The average person. Oh, maybe less. The average person at the gym. So I was saying... The issue, obviously, with uh, Kipchoge and everyone running is that every, all things are relative. So if they're all doing that speed, none of them are doing that speed. You watch them and it does look like they're just out for a trot, yeah. a reasonably paced one. But we have no appreciation. The reason that that tweet always does well after every big marathon is because everyone reads it and goes, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe it. It's unbelievable. They're going so fast because they don't look like they're going so fast. So uh, and I've heard it suggested before. So this is not my idea as such, but I really do think and every man at all of these events, the 100 metres in lane nine, the uh, swimming pool in lane eight, somewhere kind of average human populace We saw it with the swimming pool, in. though. 
Do you remember, is it, I said Eddie the Eagle, actually. I got a text off uh, a friend of mine, correct me, it was Eric, Eric the Eel yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Olympics. <laughs> I can't remember the circumstances of why he was swimming, but uh, it, was, uh, it was, you know, they're trying to get uh, developing countries. But he was genuine, every, like, and it was, you know the way they do the heats as well, like they're done by standard. Yeah. So there was only three people in the heat, and it was like 100 metres freestyle, I think. And the other two were finished five minutes, like. And... <laughs> Poor old Eric was still like uh, still swimming, but the whole stadium. I thought it was in Sydney. Do I recall? Yeah, Sydney a heat happened as well, where there was three or four people in the heat, and the rest of the heat ended up getting disqualified because of a false start. And then you had one guy in the pool who was literally just splashing his way up to one end, <laughs> splashing his way back to qualify. But you see, you can't have him on his own either. You need you need them next to each other. Like it has to be lane nine at hundred meters. It's basically how good is the everyone? As I said, the, the reason he was on his own was because everyone was finished five minutes. Mm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so they, yeah there was three uh, people in the heat, and they were they were people who weren't getting even to the semifinals. Like they oh, weren't, you, you know, okay. and they were finished oh, so, five minutes. So it works. It's both. The, the, the <laughs> <laughs> they were dried off. Like, they were <laughs> but, the, but the main issue is it's one unbelievably informative to the sport viewer. Like it's yeah. a television revolution, and two, it's hilarious. <laughs> it would be quite funny. Yeah. I'd yeah, like to see the 100 metres I would like the 100 metres would be great 100 metres it's made for I feel like that's the only one that really I know yeah. Two, the 400 metres I think it'd be quality as well yeah oh, lactic that. acid sniper <laughs> 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 like how experienced is this control Joe this is the key like are you going to have someone going for the hurdles who's going to knock every hurdle over because they've never see, jumped I, up on I before? was thinking about that because we brought this up in the news round and there were certain events where this just works perfectly and someone said Formula 1 and that could be dangerous but so for Formula 1 you get like a cycle lane where right. someone goes around in a Formula One car with kind of bump, <laughs> like the bowling bumpers to stop them killing themselves. So and running, that way, you're putting a non-elite driver even in this situation behind yeah. the wheel. Yeah, 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 100%. And they're very safe, the cars now. <laughs> they get their own average job pit crew as well. If, sorry, we put that out. You'll have two million people apply for that. Yeah. No problem. And Who's then, ensuring it? Yeah, there has to be. A, <laughs> there also has to be a quality control to make sure that the person isn't like a secret good athlete or... Oh, like yeah. terrible not able to run 400 yeah, meters actually eligible it has to, to be that in between no they're not eligible to win they like a curry they like a pint yeah but they do a bit of training yeah and for certain technical sports like you mentioned the pole vault which could be dangerous yeah you don't I think just, for everyone <laughs> you, you don't just get me to do that you get yeah. like you go to the, like a standard club pole vaulter in chapel is it Right. And you say, <laughs> you're up. See you at the Paris Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> and they keep going all the way. So it, like that, that, that's the, the relative importance. So if it's the high jump, as I was saying to you, they're not eliminated early on. As the height keeps going up, they keep there. trying. So it gets more and more ridiculous as they try and... Yeah. Like, even it takes, just takes a little bit away from the event, uh, I would say. <laughs> does it? Just well, I mean, the poor people who are trying to win, everyone's just worried about, like, <laughs> Joe, like, running into the high jump and not even jumping and just falling over. The- <laughs> I, think, I, I think it would lead to an appreciation of... Because I was at the 2012 Olympic final hmm. and it was only being there and being that close. The 100 metres, I'm guessing. Yeah, the 100 yeah. metres that you kind of realise, oh my God, oh my God. I think the one time I went to the horse racing as well. Yeah. When they're going past you, like, my God. So what do you know, do you get a pony there? or I work, what, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Surely the person's allowed to be on a horse. Oh, yeah, okay. But that's a waste of a horse then. <laughs> Look, I don't know. That's well, not like in this image of somebody going along the end of the Grand National on a pony, um, <laughs> slowly but surely getting to the end. Yeah. Obviously, wouldn't work in football. Wouldn't work in most team sports. But the events where it would work, a genuine... Would you, put, would you so not put someone out in the wing in the Six Nations? Yeah. No. <laughs> 
for average show and goals in the football match. You had, loose jersey. If you had time and like Johnny Sexton makes an amazing conversion, you might bring on the AIL out half and say, right, go on, try and kick that kick. <laughs> and it wouldn't be that much of a difference in standard in kicking, would there? Probably not. Yeah. So no, it, it, it's more the endurance events. Tour de France. Tour de France, impossible. I think that would really show how phenomenal those athletes are, though. Yeah, well, that, they'd never make it. They wouldn't finish each day. They wouldn't get... They wouldn't, He'd say, back tomorrow. I'd say they wouldn't, they wouldn't get through one day. <laughs> well, you, maybe you get a fresh person. Fresh Again. meat. Fresh meat every day. Uh, but, and look, it wouldn't be the focus of it. It wouldn't be like... <laughs> it sounds like it would be the focus. <laughs> no, it like it's, it's like, hold on, we've got to the final. Yeah. Two world records have been beaten in the high no. jump final. Yeah. We are down to the gold medal. They are on their ninth <laughs> no. jump as again. just two of them. But we have to go. We have to just... Here's Joe first. Uh, he has just to do it again. <laughs> it would be as... It would be as subtle as when they have the world record line in a race ahead of where the actual contenders are. The 100 metres would be on. George Hamilton would be only commentating on the race. But in the background, you'd see some lad running up. And you'd know. Are they wearing like the proper gear or are they doing like that Tommy Tiernan joke with the saw doctor I know, they're in proper gear. Maybe they get a GoPro on their head just to add to the... That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. That's a great... That, from the 100 metres from that perspective. Yeah. How quickly they're taking off like a car. Yeah. I do quite like the mental image of everyone celebrating after the 100 metres. You know where they usually hug yeah. each other when they're flat out. And then the camera just pans back to the guy who's halfway down the track. I think it'd be brilliant. Because I, I, back to Kipchoge, it doesn't it genuinely when they run the marathon look. It looks, yeah. Yeah. Average enough. They're yeah. taking it easy for these I, five miles. I think I, I don't know if I have the stat, like you gave it in, in, in the, in, 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 what happens in the, on the gym in the gym what the hell was wrong with me but uh, I think it was like 17 second 100 metres was the average like 17 seconds is not even double the world record for 100 metres 17 seconds is what the average is the yeah, average 100 metres of his marathon run the, the one in Berlin a couple oh of weeks God. ago oh my God yeah you know like yeah. think about that like he's running <laughs> he's running every 100 metres for 26 miles in less than double the world record because for a second I thought you said there the average person in the street would run the 100 metres in 17 seconds. I doubt it, would they? Probably That's not. what I'm saying. Would you beat uh, Kipchoge over 100 metres if he's running the start of a marathon and you're just doing the 100 metres? I'd say you'd struggle. Wouldn't bet the mortgage on it, no. So I don't know if a guy, like 17 seconds, I would say is quite a fast time for an average Joe Soap. And I think we could really get good at it. Again, it would make the marathon a better watch and you could do something whereby every five miles new person in <laughs> tag in like just a relay yeah to show like not only are they beating people by just a you know a hard to fathom amount but actually even a fresh person they're just cutting yeah. for just so as well so 26 people do one mile each well, you hand the baton over after a mile it's a bit like you know the way someone tries to run along a cyclist at the Tour de France so imagine Kipchoge is running and the next man in gets to start level with Kipchoge fresh it's like how long can you stay with him and then you watch him fall back fall back fall back Add a completely new layer to the marathon and would yeah. be would look. I'm just thinking, this is going to be sold to a Danish like production company bowling. soon. It doesn't yeah. work in one-on-one sports <laughs> either, unfortunately. <laughs> you just said I'm like top bowling. <laughs> there you go. Marathon's not fun enough. The ultimate praise. It, could you put someone in a doubles tennis match? No, I don't. I, you wouldn't watch that. Like it has to be unobtrusive. I know we're talking it up here as a big centre. Yeah, we kind of have it in golf, and nobody yeah. cares. How does what? it play out in the proams? Yeah. Oh, good. What do you mean good? good, good nobody one. cares. Nobody watches it. No, like. no. Look, I, do, I, I don't like it all the time because it's, it can slow the play up and often the events aren't very um, important. But 
there is quite something to watch uh, nine handicapped golfer a good golfer playing a par three and hitting a shot followed by a pro suddenly you're like oh my god yeah, yeah, okay. or yeah watching nine I play with a guy who's nine every week and I think he's brilliant and then you see him against oh. Rory McIlroy yeah. and what, even watching amateurs put compared to the best so it, it kind of golf is the closest where you get the everyman of varying standards playing with pros somebody says and it's uh, a fair enough uh, suggestion why not get another athlete from a different discipline who's recognisable to provide a benchmark like the lads who come over and play hurling or football on that toughest show toughest trade I quite like this idea if we're going to stay in the athletics realm you get someone from a different discipline in the running to run say like get a sprinter to have to run an endurance event or get someone who's medium or long distance to do the sprint like we can talk we can play around with it why not there's no bad ideas but I do think you need an everyman in there (laughs) so you can you can switch off the athletes but also everyman still there Uh, what you're suggesting is the sporting version of karaoke mere mortals thinking they can do it just as well as the pros when they so obviously can't says Caroline that's precisely it yeah although I don't think anyone would think that they're going to win because otherwise why wouldn't they be competing it'd be minus the hubris like I think a close up of their fear is the 100 metres is about to start (laughs) (laughs) do they get to have used the things before the the blocks do they get to yeah no they get to warm up and they get like you give them their best shot they get two weeks notice two weeks they get the good lycra (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, There we go. That's uh, all I have to say about that. I like the freestyle uh, 100 metres text there, Joe, but uh, that's just for luck. Sorry, 100 metres freestyle in the pool from the belly flop at the start to the lung full of pool water at the 50 metre turnaround to struggling out of the pool at the end with the Bermudas halfway down the arse. (laughs) (laughs) That's Olympic gold. You you, you put it like that and you're thinking... It's entertainment. Like, I mean, it's more interesting than Michael Phelps. Well, (laughs) I think it would... Help us appreciate Michael Phelps <laughs> yeah. all the more. I think so. Um, I think I probably appreciate him more by seeing him beating the best swimmers in the world on a consistent basis. But I look, I, yeah, I'm not saying your idea is not without merit. Thank you. Somebody here says it's a, a classic radio and a great idea. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> two you, you one. kill two personal stone there. There we go. Uh, we'll move on. I'm curious for your thoughts on this. Uh, so we chatted about this a little bit before coming on air. So Sorry, can I just interrupt there because yeah. somebody's made a very, very good point. This <laughs> is, hang on, let me guess. Is this a reason as to why this shouldn't happen? No, it's oh, just, right. this is, we're using the marathon as the example. And so yeah. it says, hold on, every marathon in the world is full of random amateurs, so your idea already exists. Oh my God, Which that's is true. a very fair point. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dressed up as like Mr. Blobby. And oh my we God. are trying to sauce this up a little bit though, where it's not just some guy that finishes after four hours. We're trying to make this a bit more saucy. Yeah, that's a good point. It though. is a very fair point. <laughs> no, it's really fair. <laughs> and they're finished hours and then it's like you know it's back to like Johnny Logan back. interviews yeah. with like uh, people at the like four mile mark but they should be tracked do you know what I mean yeah like you pick one out you do and the thing is like imagine doing an interview with her before the race like you know how often do you train oh once a week how are you feeling yeah no good and like build them into it and then you've got someone running along them with a microphone and how's it going and it sounds like you're sending someone horrifically ill prepared to do a marathon that's the point it's an average person or it can be a club. You can, you can get two or three in a marathon. You can get like the, the club runner, the average person. It, but it's really just to show off the brilliance of Kipchoge. It's not, it's not to demean the event. It's the opposite. Uh, four players were uh, dropped from the Offaly Under-14s development squad because they played in a soccer match. They, when did this happen again? I was earlier this year. I think it was March or April. Okay. It was the tail end of the schoolboys football season. I, I think the reason it's coming to the news again is that the, like, the rules are almost being set for... 
Yeah, I think there's um, code of conduct. It's almost like a fresh code of conduct that's okay. come out for the off development panels this week. So, okay. I think one of the parents of one of the players who was dropped last year put it on social media, and therefore, I think it's thunder rounds again. All right, I think okay. that's the genesis of where it's got back out. Okay, so I think initially this was misreported as a oh GA banned a bunch of lads because they played soccer, and that was. Uh, a misrepresentation of it. So I think, in effect, what happened was there was an under-14 SFAI Cup. So big game, FAI Cup for under-14s, a quarter-final. Edenderry Town are playing against Shamrock Rovers. However, for these unfortunate four players, it clashed with their Offaly training session. They were part of the Offaly development squad and this was an important training session and they chose to play the important soccer match instead and so they were dropped for missing the important training session. Uh, rather than for the fact they were playing another sport. If it had been you know, rehearsal with their band or theatre practice or uh, I presume a hurling match, it would have been the same outcome. Is this kind of fair enough at that age or do we feel this is OTT? I think, Mick, you're you're more on the side that this is a little bit much for that yes. age. So I was saying in the news round, look, and you're, you're laying it out there. And again, I, I think we should move off the specifics of this particular sure. story. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like even taking into account like that, that's a big game you're playing against Shamrock Rovers. And it's, you know, and it's an actual game. And just because you're on this county team and you've made a commitment to it doesn't necessarily grant that manager. You know, I don't think that that necessarily should mean, well, that's that's your team. Everything else should be secondary. There's, I don't think coaches of children should have uh, the ability to make that hierarchy for them. Now, that's obviously disputable because people will say, look, we're coming together as a group and this is the commitment that you're making. As I was saying in the news round, I won't labour because I'll let everybody else in, is I just feel that when you're talking about children in sport, the priority is their development, their enjoyment and what they're getting out of it. And there's... I think as much as it's important to have that togetherness, as much as it's important to have rules to a certain extent and to do your best and to try and get the most out of it, I think ultimately you have to understand that there are varied interests and they should all be catered for wheresoever possible because it's important. And I mean, there, there's loads of evidence to su- suggest that uh, kids are better off playing multiple sports, being involved and seeing as an older teenager maybe what their thing might be if they are at that level where they maybe have to choose but in general they're more well-rounded mm. and it's, it's it's just better for society i think if, if kind of kids are less find their niche rather than kind of being pushed into an early decision and saying right you're a footballer head down I want you in this group because you're going to be on the under-14 Offaly team and then you're going to be on the under-15s and 16s, then you're going to play minor. And it's just like, and that's your life. It's been decided for you. So that, that's just where I come from on it, yeah. Mm. I, all that makes perfect sense as well. I, the only thing I'd be worried, not, uh, more kind of concerned about, or not concerned, I suppose interested in is the fact like seeing it as, or not regarding it as an end in and of itself. So is it, what's interesting to me in that is like that. So we're looking at under fourteen and straight away assuming that it's how it'll develop them for under sixteen or under mi- or minor, whatever else. But it's like it's actually a thing in and of itself, and it's like it's to to win at that age. It's, it's not something just because like most of those players will never get anywhere near yeah. probably an awfully senior team. So it, in and of itself, it's something to actually do and achieve. And just because you're thirteen or fourteen at the time, it doesn't devalue that. It, it, yeah. you, you take it with you, and it's I, I do point, kind of understand yeah. it like that. It's yeah, it's, I, I yeah. 
I, I don't know. Like you are, there's certain things. If, if that's kind of what's required, I suppose. But yeah, it's it's hard well, to kind of start talking like about children as if they're adults having to go to a job or something like. Why is it required? I suppose is other than that's just the culture that we've developed over years. That like right, there's a very important training session for the big game, and like there is that in a way. But at the same time, it's like you're telling me that cup quarterfinal and again I, I do realise we're on the specifics of this thing but let's just treat it all as one big example uh, like that a, you know a, a football cup quarterfinal with the guys you've grown up with against Shamrock Rovers high high end stuff like again yeah. just because we don't know the ins and outs of the way football works at a junior level in the way that we do GEA I think because it's more simple maybe yeah, and yeah. probably wider reported doesn't mean it's any less then you know and it's just like it, this idea that right you know what you've chosen you've made your decision You've got to get outside this team. I feel it's a very reductive way of looking at things, I have to say. It doesn't mean they can't do all those things that you're saying, Arthur. In fact, ban it, taking it away from them, the football side of things to the GEA side of things is not, not giving them the chance to do, to achieve that end in itself of having a good experience on that under-14 team. I think the number of the issue comes down to when you feel specialisation is required. And there's a few different schools of thoughts on it, but I think generally... In recent times, the belief would be this is almost like the Roger Federer versus Tiger Woods is how it's often portrayed, which is Tiger Woods specialised in golf at a very young age and therefore that helped him throughout his career that he had golf as a laser focus. While in the case of someone like Roger Federer, he played multiple sports and then he was only, about, I think, 16 or 17 when he decided to focus entirely on becoming a top-class junior player and then ends up becoming one of the best uh, tennis players of all time. But he feels that playing the other sports benefited him going into tennis. Is 14... And particularly, like the focus is there, and we had the discussion on Lunchtime Live here on News Talk yesterday about under 16 and 17 Waterford development panels and lads going off uh, playing soccer and then not being able to play for the uh, minor and under 17 teams at Waterford. Is that is 14 old enough to say to a player that you should have to specialise in one sport at that point? Because increasingly, you will have to make that decision that you can only play one sport if you have to commit as fully as the commitment is required in this particular case. Like, is 14 too young for players to be signing a code of conduct to say that they're not going to be wearing jewellery and that they're going to do X, Y, and Z? Like, it's to me, that seems very, very strong. But on the other hand, I can understand where one of the main reasons that these... Uh, and to bring it back to a specific example about Offaly, that many of the parents felt it was a requirement, many supporters felt it was a requirement, was that development panels became something a little bit wishy-washy. The players went in, trained along with the county for a little while, then popped back out, and they were never taken that seriously. And now this was an idea to try and improve the quality of the development. And there is an argument to say that if you decide to commit to playing on something you opt into ultimately, you should be 100% committed to it because are you letting the other guys down in the development squad mm. if you opt to go off and play soccer on a given weekend? Yeah, like, I think we all agree hard and fast rules are tricky and you'd love an ideal world where the clash didn't happen or, for instance, if there's that many players, as in four in this instance, that the Offaly coach couldn't say, oh, look, I'm conscious, there's four of you involved in this game. Everybody, buy-in from everybody, can we move the training session to later in the evening or the next day and if the lads are too tired to train, at least they're there and they're on the sideline and that's, an, you know, it's quite a mature, agreeable way of doing this. Communication is exactly what should happen. Because yeah. I think in this case... Um, Tullamore Rugby Club and Edenderry Rugby Club had to move around some of their underage fixtures because again some of their best players are naturally going in yeah. and you don't want to be going into a game where you're losing say three or four of your best players yeah. because so, development training is on a Saturday and so like I, I, I and I'm, I'm not talking about the Offaly um, case here I don't know the name of the manager I don't know anything about the specifics so I'm making a broader point here I don't think what you want in those instances is somebody who's in any way militant when they're in charge of these things mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. 
you know, immovable. I think you want flexibility when kids are involved. But I do think, and, and 14 is getting pretty close to it, because I played uh, soccer and GA very seriously in my teenage years, a lot of them. And it's around that age where yeah, you do kind of have to prioritise and you do have to say, well, we're old enough to make a commitment to each other. Training sessions are important. Are we all going to be there unless there's a good excuse? Yeah, we are. And so like, I, 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 can, I, I take mixed point entirely and it's, it's unfortunate. But I think if it's at the level of inter-county, as opposed to, say, club. Like, I think if a club manager turned around and said, well, you're off the club team now, mm. then that club manager would want to have a serious think about him or herself. And, you know, I, I think there'd have to be an intervention to say, cop on. But when you're kind of at representative level, be it in soccer or inter-county, yeah, it's kind of an extra demand here. Like, you're the best of those around. So if you're not going to make training, well, what do I say to the other 25 lads who are here every single week and you're playing a soccer match? So I think it's unfortunate they're... Yeah, they're like, kicked off for good feels a bit extreme but I can see how well look you're not playing the match now next week or you know there's got to be repercussion think, like think, it's just unfortunately that's the real world isn't it yeah but like, do you think we all have to make training choices. for like a valid sporting reason because you do play for another team I don't think it lessens your commitment it just means you have another commitment and like there's lads who like go like well, probably at an older level but like you'll like not be training because they're not that committed or they're off drinking or whatever and like, no, and, and, but they're good and the manager puts them back in that's where you have an issue with the group I don't think you have an issue with the group because Maybe. guys are off playing yeah. their game no it's a very genuine excuse they're all where, friends as well don't no, forget I get that, that where know? would that end by the way because I, I, I take your holistic point very seriously what if they said well look I've got theatre rehearsal and it's 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 you know we've got opening night tomorrow and I need to be there or someone else says look I'm in a band we're after getting this great opportunity to play a gig can you why are they less important than sport? Not, you know, so they're not. I just think and that so you have, have to, to have. If you're a coach, you'd have to draw lines. I suppose somewhere. my point is that you have the starting point of acceptance and not of look. I again, we're hundred percent not talking about awfully here. This is the example <laughs> that brought. Yeah. No, but it's it's important to yeah, say yeah. that it's not just from a back, from a covering our backs. It's important to say that because we don't know the situation. No. But we do notice, and there's a text in there that this doesn't just happen in GA. It happens to GA really teams nice. as well, and that's fair, right? But you have to remember that there's a lot of this that comes from coaches. You know, there was a, a who who was saying this recently. There's like coaches who think they're Pep Guardiola, you oh, know, and, and, going and it's like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they think their team is the most important thing in the world, and 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 you know, winning is is important for for these kids, and it's more important than it's for them. It's not for the team, you know. And I don't think that's that widespread, but we see it a lot, you know. And I just think surely our starting point is. Right, what are you interested in? What are you passionate about? You're interested in both theater and football. Right, they're your two things. Let's see what way it goes. And you know what? For your sake, I'm going to do what I can here. But ultimately, it will come to a point where we have this kind of clash that's not workable. Mm. Right? And then you make a decision. But that's, that's not the first time it happens. That's not when you make that decision. Or a match versus training, mm. for example. You know, it becomes a point where it says, do you know what? This other thing you're doing means that you can't contribute to this group. That's, I think, where you draw the line. I think that's an easy enough case-by-case basis. Yeah, I think there's also an argument you made about development squads particularly, because this is what it comes back to, and the discussion on Shim Live was about development squads to a large extent as well. You could argue if three or four guys are away for whatever reason, that should give an opportunity to three or four other players to play, particularly when, at that age level, you're meant to be playing blitzes as opposed to playing competitively, and you should be making full use of your panel. There's definitely an argument to be made that coaches should be understanding of it. Like I think in the case that we're talking about right now, um, certainly the feeling from the coaches was that they hadn't got 
a reason which was required within the code of conduct which was signed up. Um, but the reason the players said that they couldn't give the reason was that they were afraid that say, they, if they said they were going playing another sport, that would be frowned upon by the management. I think it should get to a point where a management can have a mature conversation with the player or their parents and make a decision for what's best for the kid. Because it's bad for, you know, ultimately these are children for children to be missing out in sport and a chance to play with their mates over this. You know, it should be avoided some way. A few texts in. I was a coach with the county minors for a few years and a week before championship, our goalie told us the local League of Ireland under-17 soccer club told him if he played for us, then he'd be dropped from the soccer club. He didn't talk for us. We didn't go to the press. We accepted the young lad's choice, despite the fact we never made anyone make a similar choice happens in every single sport we lost lads that year to soccer and rugby after pressure from their coaches didn't take to social media go to the press you seem to only hear about it when it's an issue with the GEA yeah, I think it's probably all sports and again, and again we were making clear as well I don't think the GEA were anti-soccer they were just anti-not committing to us and it wasn't the GEA it was the GEA team in question I think that's yeah. probably important as yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. no it's not the whole oh it's a garrison game you're playing how dare you like, it's not that it's every team wants to almost mark their territory you know uh, you were talking earlier about the power and control that comes with being a coach in the Women's League in America. Well, very different to this, but I'll continue the text. Then to give that coach of the under-14s team a bit of a pass on the soccer match feeds into the control thing. Let the lads do the thing they love and not be afraid of their coaches, says AJ. Oh, it's such a different situation, AJ, to what's happened in America, I think, that we can't draw too much into it. Uh Somebody else says, by the way, Edenderry Town are a huge team in Leinster football. Their seniors were top division of the LSL last year. It's as high a level as playing for lower level county like Offaly, says on Carlo. Yeah, I know. I've played against Edenderry plenty of times. Like, it's Edenderry great tradition. Going, they're going really well. They've got a few teams. They're underage. are doing but, very, very well indeed. I know they got beaten by Shamrock Rovers, I think, heavily enough in that game. But the mm. fact that they were getting to the knockout stage of the SFAI just goes to show how they were going. We're pretty much out of time. We didn't get to everything we were hoping to get to but should we can pick it up next week like we were going to talk about what a freak Haaland is and who he's comparable to in other sports he'll score another hat-trick this weekend don't worry we'll have next, next Tuesday week. for that yeah <laughs> yeah because I got was an, have you got a one one person answer one person <laughs> no I was just saying what I said to you which was we're all sitting around going god have you ever seen anything like this and a part of me is thinking, well, like, yeah, we just saw Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah, so I, a little I, bit, I would add know? the original Ronaldo in 96, 97, when he was breaking all sorts of records. It was incredible before his knee popped in 98. Yeah. But, but he was. feels like he's created to be the perfect footballer. I'm not saying that he is the perfect footballer. I would still prefer a Messi. I'm not arguing he's yeah. the best of all time, but he just feels like a unique like uh, athlete who's Plus, also good at scoring goals. Nevin said last night, if you take the the best attribute of all the best strikers and just funnel them all, funnel them all into him, he's sort of the best at everything so far. Yeah. Um, I Maybe not dribbler. Agree, Definitely yeah. not dribbler. No, it's just dribbling and passing aren't as good as no, some other players, but he has incredible attributes. So. I suppose it's his size. That's the kind of, the Hulk quality. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back to that next week and a few other things. My thanks to Mick and to Arthur and to Will. That was a slight tangent.